for the community. Inspire Radio. Hi guys, and uh, we're we're up with our first Ask Dr. Sammy show. Uh, we're very excited. I am very, very excited. <laughs> so, uh, guys, my name's Dr. Christabel Sammy, and we're going to be doing this Ask Dr. Sammy segment. And I'm joined by my dad, Professor Sammy, here today. Yes, I'm not a medical doctor. Please take note. I am a professor of corporate social responsibility. But he's he's the funny one, and he's my dad, so he keeps me in line. So Correct. <laughs> That's a big challenge. <laughs> but the real reason that he's joining me on this show, I think, guys, uh, it's actually for selfish reasons, everybody. It's just because he likes hanging out with me. And he jokes, he, he jokes, but I don't know if he's really a little bit serious, that he has to make an appointment to see me because I'm so busy these days. So really, I think he's just joining me so he can spend a bit uh-huh. of time with me. Father-daughter quality time, hey? <laughs> yes, for sure. But you guys have been writing in. We've had so many questions written in from the community. Really, really great questions. And what we're encouraging everyone to do with this show is we're a big believer, or I'm a big believer, especially as a doctor, in prevention is better than cure. You'll hear that a lot through the segments, uh, something my dad always said to me. Um, and I'm very much a believer in holistic healthcare and making sure that we prevent disease and keep you guys healthy. So what that means is let's prevent things before they become an issue. And I really like people to be health aware and be empowered to look after their own health. So don't just rely on doctors and nurses, but we have amazing doctors and nurses, you know, that we're very blessed to have, but not just relying on them, you guys taking control of that and and learning and asking questions about our health. And if you want to know something, don't check on Google. Just ask Dr. Sammy. That's it. That's the real message. So we're trying to help everyone be health educated and aware. So the idea is that you can write in to the Ask Dr. Sammy show and I will uh, give you a couple of thoughts and, and, and things that you can then take forward to discuss with your own GPs and healthcare professionals. So uh, we've got some really exciting questions to kickstart us off with the Ask Dr. Sammy show. And a big thank you to Inspire Radio because we're very, very excited to be partnering up with them and joining the team with the Ask Dr. Sammy show. And we'll get stuck in. For the community, Inspire Radio. The information on the Ask Dr. Sammy show is correct to the best of our knowledge, but no warranty as to accuracy is given and each person should not act on the basis of its contents without taking appropriate independent advice. The information provided on this show is for information purposes only. You should seek assistance from a healthcare professional when interpreting these materials and applying them to your individual circumstances. If you have any concerns about your health, Consult your general practitioner. This show does not imply endorsement of third-party services or products and cannot provide you with health and medical advice. For the community, Inspire Radio. Now let's kick off really without, uh, let's get into it. We've got some great questions. Now the first question is from Robert, a very interesting question. He's from Quinana and he's asking, are masks effective in the battle against Corona? Is there anything we can do to keep ourselves safe, especially in the older people? Well, that's a great question from Robert. And actually, it's obviously a big topic at the moment. Well, it's been a big topic pretty much since at least January. We've been hearing a lot about COVID in the news and it's just gotten 
more and more on our news channels and on our radio radar. So we're getting a lot of information about it and lots of people wondering what to do. I think the first thing to say is at present we're doing very, very, very well in WA with border security and decreased external travel, meaning that we have no community transmission of COVID-19 in WA, which is brilliant. But before I get into masks, the main features of preventing the spread of COVID-19 or any respiratory illness for that matter in the current climate remains keeping a few measures in place. So we've heard it lots and lots and lots already, but I'm going to keep saying it. Physical distancing. That's the main thing we want to be doing at the moment. Not social distancing. Not social distancing. Physical distancing. So still go and see your neighbours and chat to people and check in on people. Ask, are you okay? But just keep your physical distance. Then we want to make sure we've got really good hand hygiene. So hand sanitizers, good hand washing techniques. Environmental cleaning. So cleaning of surfaces and things like that that are used by lots of different groups of people. But the main big difference than we will have ever really done is staying at home when you're experiencing even mild cold symptoms. Because COVID-19 can just be a mild cold for a lot of people, and some people don't really get any symptoms at all. At the moment, if you've got any cold symptoms, we don't want you going to work. We don't want you going in on public transport driving places, going to cafes, going down to your local shops to get groceries. We want you to stay home if you can work from home, but stay away while you've got any mild symptoms. Even if you think it's just the mild cold, it probably is. But just in this current climate, that's the main thing. And then, of course, there's isolation and quarantine. So if you do go into state or you go abroad, make sure that you're following all the WA regulations when it comes to quarantining and isolating and letting everyone else know when you've come back that you've done your quarantine, you've done your isolation and you're safe to go back into different places, workplaces, doctor surgeries, the like. So those are the main things that are going to help with COVID-19. But of course, I get asked a lot about masks. And of course, we know that some places they're compulsory. Mask effectiveness, um, when I was looking into it, is still being researched. Um, And they've done lots of quick trials and research. Essentially, when COVID started, they quickly had a look. And the Australian government actually had a rapid response drafted about masks and COVID-19 spread by their infection control expert group. Interestingly, Cloth masks were actually the first thing that we used back in 1897. So surgeons back in 1897 used cloth masks on their face to prevent contamination of surgical sites and to prevent the spread of infectious disease. So we had the big flu pandemics in those times. Most of the research around the effectiveness of masks and which types of cloths and materials to use stopped after we discovered a big thing in the 1940s. And in the 1940s, we discovered antibiotics. And because of that, a lot of the mask research stopped. And then it started again during the COVID-19 pandemic. So we're quickly doing lots of research. Oh, that's fantastic. Surely masks can't do any harm. Well, you would think that. You would think that in general, masks are better than nothing in reducing things. And generally they are reducing any transmission of respiratory droplets. So things that we cough or sneeze or have around our noses is going to prevent the spread of infection and transmission. But because we have so many different types of masks and the general public generally isn't 
told how to use masks properly, how to dispose of them, how to clean them, how to put them on, we sometimes say that they can actually do more harm and we don't recommend them. So improper use of masks could cause more spread? Exactly. So at present, the Australian government regulations state that we should only be using masks during outbreaks or in the presence of sustained community transmission. So that's because there are some times that physical distancing just isn't possible or it's hard to put into place. So, for example, in shopping centres, on public transport, areas with crowded housing or dense populations, we can't expect physical distancing to work. So we additionally use masks to prevent the spread of transmission. That's why... Oh, no wonder Melbourne has got mask regulations. Correct. So Melbourne, you will have heard a few weeks ago, started mask regulations where it's compulsory to have the masks because they do currently have community spread and that's a way that they can try and reduce spread. However, in WA, we're very, very lucky and there's no community transmission. So in general, the use of masks is not recommended. But of course, if you really want to and you feel better using it, you are free to do so. What kind of masks should we be using if needed? So if we needed to use masks, we would actually say use a cloth mask. And that's mainly so that we can keep the supplies of surgical masks for healthcare workers, aged care workers and vulnerable populations. If everybody went out and tried to buy surgical masks, which most of them are disposable, so one use only, we would quite quickly run out of stocks. But if using a cloth mask, it's very, very important to pick the right kind of cloth mask. So not all masks are equal. And you actually want to have at least three layers of high-grade cotton with a hybrid of material to prevent respiratory droplets going through. And most importantly, you want to make sure that you're washing your mask after each use or at least daily, which is why we actually say to have two masks. A lot of people who are using cloth masks are not changing them and washing them as frequently, and they get damp, and that actually significantly decreases the effectiveness of the mask. So therefore, if you're not using the mask properly, you may as well not bother at all. I just wanted to touch on, um, I had a look at the World Health Organization, and back in June of this year, they actually wrote a very clear sort of summary to say that many countries have recommended the use of fabric masks or face coverings for the general public. But at present time, the widespread use of masks by healthy people in the community setting is not yet supported by high quality or direct evidence. And there are potential harms to consider. So that just, again, supports the fact that generally we don't all want you to go out and start using masks. So just to sort of summarise uh, Robert's question from Quinana, uh, to protect yourself as an older adult or to protect the older adults in our lives, the thing that I would, as a doctor, really recommend mainly is physical distancing, not social, and the community needing to help each other out. So where you've probably just got the cold, stay home. Isolate and follow the quarantine rules so that we can protect each other and the vulnerable in our community. And if you choose to use a mask, Use it properly. So make sure you do your research into the type of mask and how you should be cleaning it and changing it. And make some fancy masks. Make some fancy decorative masks, yeah. Don't make your masks boring like the white and blue surgical ones. Go a bit interesting. Go unique. And match with your outfit. There we go. Style tips from Professor Sammy, everyone. You don't just get medical advice. Style tips. So matching. I'm pretty sure that was a phase that we left in like the 70s, but no. (laughs) 
Prof Sammy's a fan of matching. So uh, that's been the Ask Dr. Sammy show. We've got another question coming up, so stay tuned and we'll catch you soon. For the community, Inspire Radio. And we're back with the Ask Dr. Sammy show with Inspire Radio. And we've got a great question uh, from Mandra. So, Dad, let's go. It is a very interesting question and a wonderful question, Daniel. It's from Mandura, wants to know, my dad has low blood pressure and occasionally has dizzy spells if he gets too low. What can be done to increase his blood pressure? So lots of people don't know this, but your blood pressure changes through the day with lots of small ups and downs. And just like we all probably have an air con at home that has a thermostat in it, your body has its inbuilt way or thermostat to regulate our blood pressure and keep it just ticking along just right. But as we get older or with certain medication, we find that that can actually interfere with that inbuilt blood pressure regulation and that can cause high or low blood pressure. So a bit about blood pressure. Is low blood pressure an issue? Low blood pressure itself is not a concern unless symptoms are present. So when we start to get symptoms, that can be a sign that we maybe need to evaluate things. Because if your blood pressure is low, you might start to get dizzy, you might start to get a bit lightheaded or have blurred vision. And that's just because not enough blood is getting to your brain. But not everybody gets symptoms. And sometimes if people get symptoms, it could be so rare that they don't actually go to the doctor and report it. But the reason that that's very, very important for doctors to know is because it's often a cause of falling and fainting episodes. So when we see patients in the emergency room who have had a faint or a fall, it's often because their blood pressure was low, they got dizzy. So very, very important to go to see your doctor. And Daniel from Andrew mentioned his dad was feeling dizzy. So we would definitely want to look into his blood pressure a little bit, a little bit more. So I definitely recommend seeing your family GP to investigate this. In lots of cases, what you'll find is it's due to a medication or a side effect of a medication. So it might just be a really quick fix to get him feeling better. It could just be an alternative that we can try, or perhaps a dose change may may make him feel better and help things a little bit better. I often find I get dizzy when I get up too quickly from the bed. And that and that's a very common thing. So a lot of people like my dad, my dad's now in his 60s. So a lot of people... Why did you have to tell them my age on the radio? <laughs> because I didn't want them thinking you were a spring chicken dad, okay. a child bride. Um, so often as we get older, we talked about the regulation of your blood pressure. And as we get older, sometimes that isn't as good as it used to be or it could be. And so sitting or standing up very quickly can cause a, a quick feeling of lightheadedness and dizziness. And that's just because the heart's not pumping enough blood through the body quick enough to account for that quick movement. So what can I do to prevent feeling dizzy from low blood pressure? So the main thing is take your time when changing position. So you might find as you get a little bit older that the doctors will tell you to, to sit down at the edge of the bed and pump your legs a few times to get the blood flowing before you get out of bed and when you're sitting to standing that you don't rush about with your cup of tea to go and wash it up in the kitchen. My dad's famous around our house for quickly taking your cup of tea before you finished it to go into the kitchen and wash it up. And then he gets dizzy and he looks like he's going to fall and suddenly it's our fault. 
Yes, because I want to keep the house clean. He's he's the, he's a very good cleaner, my dad. He uh, keeps that house spick and span, doesn't he? Yes. <laughs> uh, but the other thing to do, so take your time when changing position. Drink more water. The big cause of feeling dizzy and your low blood pressure as you get older is because we're a little bit dehydrated. So don't wait until you feel thirsty. Keep drinking lots of water. Avoid alcohol because it naturally dehydrates and can therefore decrease our blood pressure. Um, and crossing your legs uh, can actually cause a temporary rise in your blood pressure. So if you're feeling a little bit dizzy or you think your blood pressure is a bit low, if you sit and cross your legs, it will cause a temporary increase. So the main takeaway point for everyone is if you're feeling dizzy or not quite right, you should definitely go and see your GP to evaluate things a little further because it could just be a quick, easy solution which will reduce your symptoms and keep you feeling healthier. So go and see your regular GP. That's it, yeah. So hopefully, Daniel from Mandra, that's answered your question, and you're listening to the Ask Dr. Sammy show. For the community, Inspire Radio. The information on the Ask Dr. Sammy show is correct to the best of our knowledge, but no warranty as to accuracy is given and each person should not act on the basis of its contents without taking appropriate independent advice. The information provided on this show is for information purposes only. You should seek assistance from a healthcare professional when interpreting these materials and applying them to your individual circumstances. If you have any concerns about your health, consult your general practitioner. This show does not imply endorsement of third-party services or products and cannot provide you with health and medical advice. For the community, Inspire Radio. We're back with the Ask Dr. Sammy show with Inspire Radio and uh, we've got another question here. What's the question, Dad? It's Rebecca from Rockingham wants to know, what should we be looking out with cancer? What are the early signs and what treatments are available? Wow, that's a big question there, Rebecca. Um, I'll try and answer most of the question, but as it's a big area and we've not got a specific type of cancer, I'm going to keep things general. So it it's hopefully helps a lot of people out there listening uh, one of my pet peeves as a GP is probably having people like my dad. Uh, he's looking at me a little bit odd now. So he's 60. Um, he's 60 years old and he's generally fit and healthy. But because he feels so well, it's really a struggle to get him to go to the doctor. It's just because he's a man and he thinks he's an invincible man. He prides himself on not seeing doctors. I'm never unwell. Fit as a fiddle. Of course he says that. But unfortunately, not seeing the doctor isn't always a sign that you're well. So I I have lots of people that say I never go and see the doctor and therefore we're not picking up things because there's lots of health things that we can detect by a visit to our doctor. And too often I pick things up a little bit later than I should have because we did a pre-employment medical check on someone or somebody suddenly goes to the emergency department and they were really fit. They were like my dad, fit as a fiddle. And then they had chest pain and that became a heart attack. And everyone thinks, oh, well, how did he have a heart attack? Or someone presents re- with late features of bowel cancer and all of their friends and family think, well, they were always so well. They, they, they never went to the doctor, didn't take any medication. So a lot of times we actually say that just because you're not going to the doctor 
doesn't mean that you're healthy. Ignorance is not always bliss. So routine blood tests can help doctors to pick up some cancers? They can. So by checking your routine blood tests, we may pick up signs of something can miss a bit sooner. But the main reason to see your doctor is not always just blood tests. It's also when you talk to your family doctor, they'll often check that you've had various health checks relevant to your age group. They'll discuss your family history. They'll probably know your family history. And so, for example, breast screening for women typically starts at the age of 50. But I might suggest that we do some other things earlier or it would start earlier if there was a strong family history of breast cancer, for example. Or if there was enough of a family history, I might even ask patients to do genetic testing for the breast cancer gene. So often I actually say by seeing the doctors regularly, you're having blood tests done, you're chatting to them, you're keeping tabs on your health. And overall, that keeps us a little bit healthier and reduces our risk of things like cancer. Okay, but... We all live a very busy life. So at what age should I start seeing the doctor regularly? Well, that's hard because no, I can't really give you a real, you know, definitive age group because different times of life, things are a little bit different and our health concerns will be different. So for younger people, I often find myself talking about skin checks and making sure that they're doing the right thing with UV exposure. Uh, in men, young men, we think about testicular health. In ladies, we're thinking about cervical health, so pap smears. As you go into middle age, uh, things like blood tests and for cholesterol and heart disease and diabetes are quite important breast screening. And then as we get older, we look at things like prostate and bowel cancer screening. So depending on your age group, there are things that we might hone in on and focus in on a little bit more as doctors. So Rebecca from Rockingham, who asked what we should be looking for for cancer, the main thing I urge people to do is to find a GP that you regularly go to, that you trust, and that you feel comfortable with. Develop an ongoing relationship with your GP because they'll get to know you over time. They'll be familiar with your medical history. And, and, and bear in mind that you may need to go to a few to find the right one for you. It's a bit like dating someone. You might have to have a few dates with them and work out if you can, you, you can stand them. But find one. And when you've found them, I always encourage people to visit them. Maybe just once a year. That might be all you need for most age groups. But the GP will advise you then if there are additional screens needed. And the benefit of that also means that you're on their medical system. So if we introduce a new vaccine, a new change to cervical screening, a new health check, then you'll probably be automatically called by them to trigger this. So they do all the work essentially for you to keep you healthy. And then it also means that if health concerns crop up, you've got a contact of someone that you can go to that knows you. So a word on having a regular GP, it's very important to stick with the same doctor if you can, or at least the same medical practice so you get better health outcomes. This is a very common problem I hear from a lot of patients say, my doctor's always leaving. I find a good one and off they go. That's true. I get told that a lot as well as a doctor. It's important probably to remember, I don't think a lot of people realise this, doctors are self-employed. So unfortunately, there is some movement that occurs with their jobs. So if possible, I always say to patients to find a GP that you like, but look a little bit widely at the practice 
because often I find if a practice is run well, you'll find that there are a few good doctors that you might gel with. And then if one leaves or isn't available, they're on sick leave or annual leave, then there's probably another one at the practice that can still access your notes and therefore you can continue on with the story. Um, I have a lot of uh, patients and I know of a lot of people who uh, do doctor shopping. I don't know if anyone's really aware of that. Uh, so doctor shopping is when you go to a few different doctors. And I understand why people do it because it's convenient. Sometimes you want a quick appointment. You want to go in the evening. You want to go at the weekends. You know, we live busy lives and we sometimes want that convenience. But it is shown to cause poor health outcomes. So always remember to have one original main GP that you touch base with and you keep them informed of your health. Um, something I've, I've heard quite a lot is people say, oh, you know, I've, I go to that other doctor just for a quick script or the quick antibiotics or a quick sick note. And what people don't realise is why that can affect your health adversely is because it's a bit like reading a storybook halfway in the middle of a book or doing a big jigsaw puzzle and just having a few pieces of the jigsaw. So if you're having a regular contact with a GP, you might have a urine infection and you might go to that quick GP that doesn't know you. They'll give you some antibiotics and off you go on your way. But if you go to your regular GP, they might say, Martin, you've had two infections in the last six months. And that's a little bit unusual for your age group. And that might trigger some more investigation. And that could lead to an early diagnosis of something a little bit nastier, like bladder and uh, cancers that are causing urine infections and, and prostate problems. So sometimes as patients, we don't realise that by going quickly to lots of GPs, it may be convenient for our lifestyle, but that might be what causes poor health outcomes because nobody's got the overall picture or the all the pieces of the jigsaw to put it together. So the biggest way we can pick up signs of cancer early is by attending a particular GP practice regularly and making sure you have a consistent surgery or a doctor exactly that's what i always tell people to do um and the other thing that we should be looking for is is current knowledge from the cancer council of australia website actually says that one in three cancers can be prevented and that's huge that's staggering one in three cancers can be protected prevented so things like smoking protecting your skin properly from uv exposure moderating our alcohol intake looking after our diet making sure our weight is healthy, are all things that we can do to reduce our chances of certain cancers. And more importantly, if we do unfortunately get cancer, it improves the treatment options that we've got. So I always tell patients there's lots of various free government cancer screening programs which are designed to detect early signs of cancer so that we can investigate further and also treat things further earlier. So I often, um, if you're a patient of mine, you'll often get pestered by me to do lots of your screening. I'll often say, have you done your bowel screening or your uh, cervical pap smear screening? Uh, but the reason I, I, I uh, persuade patients to do it is because it's an effective program that the government offers. It's in a lot of cases, they're painless or not invasive procedures. They're free. They work and they're safe. They're proven to pick up nasty things earlier where we have generally more treatment options. So a few minutes of discomfort for big benefits. So um, 
a couple of them that exist at the moment. Cervical screening is your pap smear, which starts at the age of 25 for ladies. Breast mammograms, which check for breast cancer. Skin checks for melanoma, and I tell people to do them yearly. Uh, and of course, the, the bowel screening, or also sometimes known as the poo test in the male, uh, that comes from the age of 50. And I've actually had a lot of people say, oh, well, Christopher, it's so embarrassing to, you know, to do a bit of your poo and to, to post it off. But I always say, firstly, you don't know who it's going to. So you don't have to face them in, in the local supermarket or at the pub or anything. So that's that's the first thing to say. Um, and secondly, they're getting paid to look at your poo sample. So don't feel too bad or too embarrassed for them, people, because they are getting paid to look at it. And it picks up bowel screening signs a bit earlier and it will trigger more investigation. So very, very important to do those tests. Um, I've had a, a couple of people decline things like mammograms because they can be a little bit uncomfortable and pap smears because maybe you've had a bad experience with a pap smear. It's been painful and you decide you don't want to do them. But the thing I always say, is there's other options so some screening is better than nothing at all so there's self pap smears that you can do now that are not as effective as the doctor collected one but still better than nothing mammograms if you're not willing to have them because they've been painful you could have a doctor do a, a breast check every year and maybe an ultrasound which might be better than having nothing at all so make sure that you uh, talk to your local family GP, the regular GP about your health, looking at any health uh, conditions that we can improve, but also making sure that you're up to date with all the cancer screening that is widely and freely available in WA. So do a lot of screening. A lot of screening. Well, it's free. The government pays for it. So we may as well take them up on it and do I, it. I agree. Now, Rebecca also asked about cancer treatment. She did. Now, this is a little bit hard to answer because it, really does depend on the type of cancer. But in general, we use uh, surgery, chemotherapy and radiation therapy to treat cancers. So some cancers can be cured if a tumour is detected, so a tumour being a mass, and if we can surgically remove it before the cancer cells have spread, we might do surgery and remove it. Sometimes we'll use chemotherapy, which is uh, sometimes called an anti-cancer drug that will kill the cancer cells or stop them from multiplying and growing. And sometimes we will use radiotherapy, which is radiation treatment that also stops cells from multiplying. So often, depending on the type of cancer and, and your individual um, uh, condition, we might use a combination of these treatments. So a combination of surgery, chemotherapy and radiotherapy. The main goal of treatment generally is to cure disease, but if we can't con cure it, then um, the doctors will try and control the cancer. Um, and we're always uh, researching new ways of treating cancer that we're developing and testing. But the main thing is we need to pick cancers up early so that we've got more treatment options. So that's why you have to be seeing your regular GP to get treated early and I, I always tell people we spend a lot of time investing in things don't we in we, you know in jobs kids maybe the stock market houses lots of things and we spend lots of effort checking that they're running well so we check to make sure that our stocks are doing well or our housing prices are doing well but sometimes we forget to invest in the most important commodity we have and that's our healthcare. Healthcare. so uh, don't forget to invest in your health Find a regular doctor, find a regular GP surgery and check that you're running well. Keep that investment going because if not, everything else fails. 
I agree. Thank you. <laughs> so that's been the Ask Dr. Sammy show with Inspire Radio. Thank you for listening and we'll catch you guys another week. Bye-bye. Bye. For the community, Inspire Radio.